Well, how does the body grow? How do we serve? How does all that work? Well, we realize we've been seeing this, that Jesus is really the source of strength and authority because he's the head. He's the head and, and, and we're the body. And, and then when he talks about it, he uses this analogy, or Paul does, and he says there's one body with many members. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 20. He says, now there are many parts, but there's one body. That's what he talked about. Then we saw later in Romans chapter 12, he said, for just as we have many parts in one body, that's us, and all the body's parts do not have the same function, and that's really true. We got many parts in our bodies. You got eyes and ears and nose and hands and toes and everything else, and they don't have the same function. So we, talking about the body of Christ, who are many, there are many of us, we're one body. And, and so it's amazing to realize that every one of us is different and unique, and yet we're one body. And then he says, and we're individually parts of one another. So what we have to realize is we need each other. We, we care for each other. We, we, we all go together. So there are three things that we've been seeing. We've been seeing unity, diversity, and mutuality. We see unity is that all, we're all together really basically in one body. That's unity. We're all together. So we can't say, uh, I'm, I'm not part of this. No, we're all together. Then we see diversity because there are many members, but we're all what? We're all different. We're all different responsibilities. And then the third thing is mutuality. We're all needed. Nobody can say, I don't need you, or the body doesn't need you, or you can't even say, nobody needs me. We're, it, it, ha everybody has to be together for it to work. So Jesus is our head and the power. We're one body with many members. And then how do we function? <clears throat> Each one <coughs> is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Those are spiritual gifts for the common good. One of the things, we, we, we talked about this uh, in our Thursday morning group not too long ago, is this. When you have a spiritual gift, you don't use your spiritual gift for you. You use your spiritual gift, notice it's for the common good. So if I have the gift of teaching, I don't go into a room and teach myself. If you have the gift of helps, you don't help yourself, you help others. And so that's the bottom line is when we really start thinking about it is that all spiritual gifts are used for others, for the body of Christ. And so it's pretty powerful. And what I want you to do is, I think I told you to go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, it is a very famous passage. It is one we use in this church all the time. If I asked you, what is the purpose of our church, what would you say? What? Say it. What is it? Make disciples. Y'all not going to say that. If we're not going to say that, we're going to teach something else today. Okay? What, what is the purpose of our church? Make disciples. That's evangelism and training, leading people to Christ and then training them and equipping them. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And then how do we do that? We have a plan. Equip the believers to do the ministry to build up the body of Christ. We're going to see that. Ephesians 4. We're going to look at verses 11 through 16 very quickly this morning. This is the third part of this. Because we say, here's the head, and we are the what? What are we? We're the body. Okay. And so he gives these spiritual gifts. Remember he said he gives us gifts for the what? For the common good. That's for every one of us to use our gifts for each other. So look at Ephesians 4, look at verse 11, and it's sort of a famous verse, and it says, and he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. They actually go together, the way the Greek is written there. It actually says, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teachers. 
That's what he, he lists those four gifts, and he's not through. He just got, got those, and he's talking about how God gave these spiritual gifts. Why? Ephesians 4.12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Now, I want you to think about that. Why does God give spiritual gifts to every believer? Remember, one body with many members. So we're all one unity. But at the same time, we're all different. That's the diversity. We all got different gifts. For, and the purpose is for the common good. And he says, here's why I gave the gifts. For equipping of the saints, that's us, to do what? To do the work of the ministry. And the result is what? The body of Christ is built up. Now, he's not talking about numerically. He's talking about spiritually. Now, a lot of times numerical growth happens when people are doing the right things and discipling each other and reaching out and leading people to Christ. Sometimes the body grows numerically. But in this passage, he's talking about spiritual growth. So look what he says. He says where it's to equip the believers to do the ministry to build up the body of Christ. Now, he equips us. And here's what we find out. We equip believers so we can know and apply the Word of God. That's why we teach the Bible all the time. That's why whether it's a grow group, or whether it's Sunday morning, or whether it's SBI, or whether it's our children's ministry, our college ministry, our youth ministry, our men's ministry, our women's ministry, the goal is to teach the Word of God, help people understand it, equip believers to know and apply the Bible. And why do this? There are two things they need to know. They need to know the gospel and they need to know the Bible. The gospel is the good news message of salvation. The Bible, of course, is the truth on how we live. Why do we need to know those two things? Because the gospel, so we can evangelize, and the Bible, so we can train. Remember, what's our purpose of our church? Make disciples. It involves two things, evangelism and training. You have to know the gospel if you're going to evangelize. You have to know the Bible if you're going to train. So all of us in this room... You have to know two things. You say, I have to know the salvation message, the gospel, what the message is, what the response is, what the, what the offer is. I've got to know that so that when I go out these doors, I can share that message with people and people can put their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. Once they trust Jesus Christ as Savior, what's the second thing we do? We train them. And so we have to know the Bible so we can begin to teach people and help people understand the Bible, put it together. So we equip the believers to know the gospel, know the Bible, so that they can do the ministry, which is making disciples, so the body of Christ can be built up. Now, <clears throat> this is a corporate aspect. It is true that as we lead people to Christ, and then individually we disciple people, People grow spiritually. But in this passage, his flow is that as we equip believers to do the ministry, the body grows spiritually. And that's all of us. And that's the whole goal of this is that we grow spiritually. And this passage, the key is spiritual growth. So I want you to see something. I want you to see how it works. Look at the idea that it's spiritual growth. Look at this. Until, so we equip the saints, do the work of the ministry, build up the body of Christ, until we all attain to what? The unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a what? Mature person, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. The goal is that we mature. The goal that the body as a whole matures, the goal is that individual believers mature. 
And I want you to see this. Look, this, this verse, don't just miss it. Look what he says here. Uh, spiritual growth is the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature person. The unity of the faith is that we're unified in what we believe. One of the reasons we have membership training is when a person says, I'd like to join the church, I'd like to be a part of the church, we go and we have a, a, like a seminar and we say, here are the things we believe. Here's what we believe about the gospel. Here's what we believe about the Bible. Here's what we believe about salvation. Here's what we believe how the church should function. Here we believe the offices that are in the local body. If a person says, I don't believe that, they don't need to be a part of our body. They need to go to someplace what matches them, you know, because the bottom line is we have to have unity in what we believe. Now, every one of us in this room, we would say, hey, we believe the Bible. We believe the Bible is God's word. We believe it's true. We believe certain things. We believe the gospel is a certain thing. We believe there's truths about the Bible. We, and we should. We should have unity of faith. And as we're continuing to grow and mature as a body and individually, we will have unity of the faith. I remember I was, I'm just going to be real blunt, but I was at another church one time. And we taught, of course, the same as we teach here, which is salvation is a gift. It's by faith alone and Christ alone plus nothing. And that you can front load the gospel, which means you add work on the front end and you add works on the back end. And both are wrong. And one time a person came to me and they'd been in the church for several years. And they said, I don't believe the gospel the way you do. I said, you mean the way our church does, not just me. And they said, yeah, I'm a front loader and a back loader and I'm proud of it. And I said, well... You're adding works to salvation. And of course, they left the church, which was, which was okay in the sense because they didn't hold to what we believed. We have to believe the same. We have to have unity in what we believe. Then he says, to the knowledge of the Son of God, we grow in our fellowship with Christ. That is a key for every one of us. And then to a mature man. And when he says mature man, he mean, meaning mature person, we're growing to be like Christ. Now, we're following the flow of the passage. You don't have to necessarily look because I'm putting the verses up here. But, but keep your Bibles open because I've got one verse I want you to look at more in just a second. What happens when we hold to the unity of faith, we come to the knowledge of the Son of God, we are growing in stature and belonging to the fullness of Christ? What happens? Well, watch this. We're no longer, as a result, because we grow, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Do you understand that there are people out there who teach things that are contrary to the Bible and they know it? They still teach it anyway. They know it. They know it. And so we're no longer children tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine. Let me tell you something. Here's how you know when you're maturing as a believer. Because children go back and forth, back and forth. When I teach something, let's say I teach that salvation is by faith, and you say, sounds good to me. Then you turn on your radio, and somebody says that you must turn away from sin, give your life to Jesus, and agree to serve him to be saved. And if you say, gee, that sounds right too, guess what? You're going back and forth. You're still children. You're still a child. You're still saying, well, that sounds right. This sounds right. When you come to the point where you say, I know what I believe and why I believe it, and when I hear that, 
that doesn't match what I believe about the Bible. You've been mature because you're no longer a child being tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine. This is how you know when you're growing as a believer. You begin to say, I know what I believe and why I believe it. And that when you hear something that's contrary to the Bible, you don't say, gee, that sounds okay. No, it doesn't. You know enough to say, that's not right. And that's how we grow and mature. He says, we're no longer babies. We're no longer babies in Christ. Because that's what happens. Remember what he says? As a newborn babe, what are we supposed to desire? As a newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the word. As, as, a, as a new Christian, we're supposed to be telling people, let's get into the Bible. Let's understand the scripture. Let's grow as a believer so you can know what you believe and why you believe it. And he says, what happens is you... As you attain to the unity, as you have the knowledge of the Son of God, as you get to a mature person, then you're no longer like a child going back and forth and back and forth. I remember, I'm just going to be once again blunt, but I remember a person came to me and they said, when, you, when I hear you on Sunday morning and you say salvation is a gift by faith alone in Christ alone, that sounds right. I go home and I listen to John MacArthur, and he says that you have to be a disciple. You have to be serving Jesus in order to be saved. He said, that sounds right to me too. I said, well, uh, you're going to have to decide because you're going back and forth. You need to start growing and maturing and seeing what the Scripture has to say because they're not both true. One deals with salvation. The other deals with discipleship. Somebody's got them mixed up, and that's what happens. We're no longer children. But look at verse 15. But speaking the truth in love. Yeah, if you're going to speak the truth, you can't speak it in harshness. <laughs> People won't listen. You have to speak it in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the what? What does it say? Who's the head? Who's the head? It says, who is the head? Even Christ. So this is the key. We're to know, we're to grow the truth so we can grow. And then he's going to come back and he's going to talk about the head and the body together. This is what he's going to do, the head and the body. Notice again at the end of verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the what? Who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole what? The whole body. So it ties together. And the whole body being fitted and held together by every joint supplies according to the proper work of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building of itself up in love. That's how we mature. Now, I want you to see something about this verse. For whom the whole body, that's one body, that's unity, being fitted and held together by every joint supplies, that's diversity, according to the proper working of each individual part, that's mutuality, causes the growth of the body for the building of itself up in love. You see unity, diversity, and mutuality. Unity, the entire body. Diversity, every joint. Mutuality, the proper working of each individual part. Unity, we all the body. Diversity, we're all different. Mutuality, we all need each other. That's how it works. And this is what we see in the scripture. And it's powerful, powerful, powerful. Unity, the whole body working together. Diversity, every joint, every one. Mutuality, proper working of each individual part. So where are you? 
Where are you in the body? What's your gifts, talents, and abilities? How are you connecting? Do you realize that without you, then it's not going to function? Because we got one big body, but everyone's got to be involved because it's the proper working of each individual part. We need everybody. And we talked about this last week, that there are times when people will say things. And I'm telling you, I've had people say it to me. Uh, it doesn't matter whether I'm ever at church or not. It doesn't matter whether I ever come or not. It doesn't matter whether I ever do anything or not. It doesn't matter whether I ever take a class. It doesn't matter if I ever serve. They're wrong. It does matter. Every one of us need a place that we're plugged in using the gifts, talents, and abilities that God's given us. Look at this. This is 1 Peter 4.10. As each one has received... Now, we've got this typed up here, and it says, as each one has received a special gift. If you have a New American Standard or most other Bibles, the word special is not there. It actually says, as each one has received a gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So the original language says, as everyone has received a gift, not a special gift, because all gifts are special, by the way, as each one has received a gift, use it in serving who? Yourself, right? No, serving who? One another. That's the body of Christ. We got that. That's mutuality. As good stewards of the multifaceted of the, the grace of God. As you have gifts. Every one of us have gifts. What do we, use? What do, we do with our gifts? Serve one another. You've been called to freedom, brother, only do not turn your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, what do we do? Serve one another. So, how are you serving the body of Christ? How are you serving the mutuality aspect that we got to have you because you're individually different, but yet we're all one? We're the body under the power and the authority of the head, and he says, take the gifts I've given you. They're given for the common good. There's one unit, which is diverse, which has to have everybody together. So powerful truths. Let me give you some applications so we can go to the grow group. Let's understand how the body functions. It's powerful. And, and look at this. Whoops, I went the wrong way. Okay, look at this. There's one body with what? Many members, okay? And, and there's a unity because we all work together, because we're one body. There's a diversity, because every one of us is unique. And there's mutuality. All need, all are needed to grow. What if, all right, let's do this. What if everybody had the gift of teaching? It'd be like, everybody would be standing up here. Nobody out there. Everybody going, it's my turn. Is it my turn? I think it's my turn. Oh, yeah. Right? If everybody had the gift of mercy. Everybody be gone. Where are they? Oh, they're all helping somebody somewhere. I don't know. We don't know where they are. So everybody doesn't have the same gift. If everybody had the gift of helps, that'd be really good because you can help in everywhere, but nobody would be teaching. Nobody would be overseeing this. Nobody would be, you know. So you can't say, well, everybody should have this particular gift. No. In fact, when Paul writes... In Corinthians, he said, do all have this gift? The answer is no. Do all have this gift? The answer is no. Do all have this gift? No. He goes through and names a number of gifts to say, does do everybody have these particular gifts? The answer is no. Nobody has all the gifts. Nobody. Think about Paul. He was fairly gifted, right? He was, he was a prophet and an apostle. Okay? 
And he had the gift of tongues. He had the gift of discernment. Uh, he, I mean, he, you start looking at all the things that he did, uh, you go, good gracious. He, he was a great teacher. He, he probably had six or seven spiritual gifts. How many do you have? We know you have at least what? At least one. Everybody has at least one. So what's your gift or gifts? How are you serving? Unity, diversity, mutuality. Let's use our gifts as we serve Christ and the body. How do you know your gifts? That's a question people ask a lot. How do, how do, you, how do you know your gifts? Well, the best that I can understand is that when you start serving, if you say, I'll just start helping. I'll start, I'll, I'll look for an opening. I'll, uh, you know, I'll help there. As you begin to serve, you're going to be realize where your strengths are. I mean, let's say that you say, well, I'll help teach that class. And, and, and after two or three weeks of this, you begin to say, I, this is not for me. because I, I just That's not me. But you find something else and you go, this is me. When you find your gift or gifts, you will, I don't even know how to say the word, you will have joy. You will say, this is where God has me. You will love it, huh? You'll feel good about you'll, it. Yeah, you will. You'll just say, God's using me. And you'll love to do it. You will not burn out. When you, have, you may get tired, but you will not burn out. If I, if, let's say you, they asked you to teach, you don't have the gift of teaching, you know what will happen over time? You'll call and say, can somebody take my class? I'm tired of teaching. If you have the gift of teaching, guess what? You're never tired of teaching. I teach eight times a week right now. Not this week, of course, because we had Thanksgiving. But anyway, I, I, but I never get tired of teaching. But some of you have the gift of helps, you never get tired of helping. Some of you have the gift of mercy, you never get tired of showing mercy. Some of you have the gift of giving, you never have the, the, the tired of giving. Some of you have the gift of evangelism, you never are tired of looking and sharing. I mean, so that's what the gifts are. And when it, whenever you find it, you're going to say, boy, where have you been all my life? Because your life will change. So let's use our gifts. And then the last one, let's understand the goal of the body of the head and the body working together is to grow the body. That's what we are. And, 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 and I put it this way, till we attain of unity, knowledge, and maturity, and it's a combination of an individual growing mature and, and spiritually mature, but it's also the body growing and being spiritually mature. Um, we, the service that it's in the church, where it's, we're talking about division because we see David, there's the civil war going on, and I actually bring up the fact that when Christians are divided, it causes loss of testimony and all those kind of things. Well, you know what causes division in a body? It's immaturity. It's immaturity. And so what you really want is leaders, people in place of responsibility, people stepping up, growing, doing the ministry. I mean, we're, we're supposed to be making disciples. And if we're making disciples, guess what? We're going to grow and mature and we're going to keep on keeping on like we are now, doing great.